Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello and welcome to the Roto World Baseball Podcast. I'm DJ Short. This is the latest episode in our team check-in series, and we're in the home stretch right now, almost at the very end of this series, and we've really appreciated the support from you guys during this series. It's been awesome. Today, I'm talking Marlins with Tim Healy of the South Florida Sun Sentinel. Before we get into that, it's fantasy draft time. We're in the prime of fantasy draft time right now, and if you haven't gotten the Roto World Baseball Draft Guide, what are you doing? You got to help your chances Best way to do it, go to rotoworld.com, get the online version of the draft guide. It has everything you need to get ready for your draft, over 1,000 player profiles and projections, columns on sleepers, busts, prospects. Uh, We did staff uh, rankings by position, which is really helpful, mock draft analysis, average draft position data. I could really go on and on and on. Go to rotoworld.com for more information. Okay, let's talk to Tim Healy of the South Florida Sun Sentinel. Hey, Tim, first off, thanks for coming on the show. Great to have you here. Anytime. Thank you very much for having me. Okay, I know the uncertainty of the ownership situation sort of lingers over the Marlins at the moment, but I can't talk about this team without mentioning Jose Fernandez at the start here. The impact of his death is really impossible to quantify what he meant to that franchise and the city. Um, He's impossible to to replace. Uh, Talents like him don't come along very often, but... The games go on, and this was an especially difficult offseason to try to rework their rotation. There just wasn't much out there in free agency. The Marlins certainly tried, uh, pulled off a trade with the Reds for Dan Straley. They also signed Edinson Volquez, added Jeff Locke for depth. Still, this rotation doesn't look like a strength. There are a bunch of mid-to-back-end rotation pieces here. Do you think they can compete in the NL East with this rotation? It's going to be really hard for them to do that. They're, the Marlins are going to need a lot to fall their way uh, with the rotation and, and other parts of the team to compete with the Mets and Nationals atop the NL East. And the Marlins more or less acknowledge that this rotation is not a strength. They have said repeatedly, uh, you know, expect repeatedly the sentiment that you did, that there is no replacing Jose Fernandez, uh, you know, from a pure baseball perspective, never mind a, a human perspective. And the way they are trying or tried and uh, will attempt to make up for that ground is by having a strong bullpen. They have spoken openly, not Mattingly has anyway, about uh, the likelihood that they will have a shorter leash than normal with a lot of their starting pitchers and handed it off, handed off to a, 
a what should be a, a very effective and large bullpen. Right, and they aimed high in free agency over the winter, most notably with Kenley Jansen. Ended up with two veteran arms, Brad Ziegler, Janichi Tazawa, so that should help in the back end of the bullpen. What was interesting to me is that they decided to keep David Phelps in the bullpen. We saw him as a starter down the stretch last year, but it looks like they want him to be sort of a high leverage kind of guy, maybe middle innings type of guy. Do you see them maybe giving him another shot in the rotation, or are they really dead set on keeping him in that bullpen? Uh, they have no intention right now of starting David Phelps. They, uh, you know, they could have, you know, at one point in the offseason, it'd be easy, easy to pencil David Phelps back into the rotation or perhaps as their long man slash spot starter. But they added other starters, as you mentioned, Australia uh, Volquez, Jeff Locke, Jose Urania is still on the roster for now. He's someone who's bounced between bullpen and rotation in the past. Uh, Justin Nicolino, uh, Despagne, they have a lot of, you know, but outside of their top five, a lot of depth starters who will uh, open the season in the bullpen or with AAA New Orleans. With David Phelps, they see him as their Andrew Miller or their potential right. Andrew Miller, a guy who can go, you know, two, maybe two-plus innings uh, at any point in the game between, say, the fourth inning, fifth inning, and the eighth or ninth. Uh, and they like, they really like what they saw last year from him. You know, in his major league career, with the Yankees in the last two years with the Marlins, Phelps was always that one of those guys who bounced between the rotation bullpen as needed. Last year, he was almost entirely in the bullpen, except for a, a five-start stint in the rotation. And his velocity was up. His strikeouts were up. He had the best ERA and whip of his, of his career. Uh, so I think they really found something there with keeping Phelps strictly as a reliever. With A.J. Ramos, I don't think it was. it's necessarily an embarrassment if they're going out to maybe get a Kenley Jansen. To get Demona for Jansen, not a big deal. But if, sure. if Ramos stumbles at some point during the season, who do you anticipate would be next in line? Would it be a younger guy like Bearclaw or one of the veterans they added over the winter? Uh, my expectation would be Brad Ziegler would be their, their backup closer, be it on a given day if Ramos is tired or if AJ stumbles and they need to, you know, replace him on a more permanent or extended basis. Ziegler obviously has been a closer in the past. Uh, he signed with the Marlins on a two-year deal this year. Uh, they really like what he brings in terms of a unique look. They mention that all the time with Ziegler and Tozawa, a unique look. Ziegler, obviously, that's the, the side-arming, the submarining style pitching. He's a ground ball monster. Uh, has been very durable since he broke into the majors, I think, eight years ago. Uh, so I, d- I would definitely expect Ziegler to be their, their backup closer there. Moving on to the lineup here, and I'm going to start it by asking about D. Gordon. Fresh off signing an extension last year, he caught the baseball world off guard uh, by getting a PED suspension. Uh, he later provided one of the most emotional sports moments you'll ever see with his home run following the death of Jose Fernandez. But if you look at his year on the whole, it was a disappointment. Batting average down to 268, the OPS dropped from 776 to 641. Given the structure of his season and that PED suspension really interrupting the year, do you think he deserves a mulligan for last year? Do you think he can get back to the player he was from 2014 to 2015? Uh, well, I mean, he, whether he deserves a mulligan, you know, I, I can see how people would say, hey, like, uh, you know, he doesn't deserve anything. He took PEDs, right. whatever. But I would say in terms of trying to project him out, I would definitely give him the benefit of the doubt, at least at this point. Uh, and giving, giving, yeah, I would say he would deserve that mulligan. Uh, last year, he got off to a poor start in April, 
with the knowledge of the suspension weighing, weighing on him. And then he was up for half the year. When he came back with no spring training, you know, just a short rehab assignment, he never got to where he was in 2015 when he, you know, won a batting title and a, a gold glove and silver slugger. So I'm willing to see uh, what D. Gordon does this year again. Uh, he still stole 30 bases last year, so that didn't slump. You know, if you multiply that over both halves of the season, that's right where he's been the last two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I don't know if he's going to win another batting title, but I would bet that he'd be closer to his 2015 form than his 2016 form. Right. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton, another player coming off a disappointing year. The injuries are nothing new with him, has appeared in more than 123 games just once, dating back to 2012. Missed significant time last year with a severe groin injury, but even took a step back at the plate last year. Career low 815 OPS. Strikeout rate has been up the last two years, while his walk rate has gone down. Uh, It's just a little over two years removed from signing the richest contract in American sports history, 13 years, $325 million. Now, he's made just $15.5 million combined over the last two years, but he's going to start getting more and more expensive What's the feeling on his ability to get back to where he was before and on this contract? Uh, well, two parts of that. As far as the contract goes, obviously it remains the largest you know, in the history of uh, American sports. Uh, I think if he can perform, well, I guess not if he can perform, if he can stay in the field and put up the sort of numbers that uh, are expected of him, then that contract will look a lot better in a couple of years when the other young stars at the market, uh, Manny Machado, Bryce Harper, maybe Mike Trout a few years after them, during right. his opt-out or whenever his deal with the Angels is done. Uh, so Stanton's contract is obviously gigantic, but I think it'll look slightly less gigantic once some of his peers cash in on their big deals. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of Stanton's performance, like you mentioned, we're only – two years removed from him being the National League MVP runner-up. Uh, he was an all-star in 14 and 15. And the key for him, obviously, is staying on the field, which he hasn't been able to do. Uh, but if he can, which is no certainty, then I, I don't see any reason why he can't hit 40 home runs and drive in 100 to 110 RBIs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this, the, the issue's always been staying healthy. We know he has the best raw power in the game, and if you pay attention to things like exit velocity, he's really in a category sure. all by himself. So uh, that's right. not an issue. So, yeah, just a matter of him staying on the field. So we, we'll see if he can do it. One player who didn't disappoint last year, and that's Christian Yelich. Uh, after hitting 20 homers combined over his first three seasons in the majors, slugged 21 homers last year. Um, while he lofted the ball more often last season, he still hits a lot of balls on the ground. Uh, still right there among the league leaders in that area. So the big question is, can he sustain the power that we saw last year? I believe so. I'm a, I'm a big believer in that this year will be a big one for Yelich, not only in terms of numbers, because he had a very good numbers, a very good season statistically last year, but a big season for Yelich in terms of people acknowledging that he is among the preeminent outfielders in baseball. Uh, last year, you mentioned his ground ball rate and his fly ball rate. And that's true. He's trending in the right direction on those, mm-hmm. not only from 2015 to 2016, but if you look at it month by month last, last season, from May to September, he, he doubled his fly ball rate, and that's when the mm-hmm. power surge came. He hits the ball hard, not, not staying hard, definitely, but Yellis does hit the ball hard. The 
and the power is coming. The power that the Marlins have long expected uh, is arriving. We saw that over the course of the second half last year. And, uh, you know, Jim Leland said as recently as today, I think, during a, a World Baseball Classic press conference, that he expects Yelich to win a batting title. And, and that is something the Marlins bandy about every so often, too, that it's in there. And it's kind of funny to remember that Yelich is still only, I think, 25 years old. This right. will be his age 25 season. Uh, so it, it's coming. We saw it last year. I, I fully expect him to be a you know 25 home or 100 RBI guy this year. Yeah, we might not have seen his peak yet. Uh, speaking of power, how about Justin Bohr? Uh, was on a 30 homer pace last year before his ankle injury. Has never gotten much of a chance against left-handed pitching, though. Do you think that could change this year? Uh, it is going to change this year. Uh, kind of a weird... Uh, side effect of losing Jose Fernandez is that Justin Bohr is going to face left-handers. Hmm. Uh, with no Jose, they both at the bullpen, including the likely carrying an eighth man once they break camp for the regular season. And since they're going to have an eight-man bullpen, they're going to have a four-man bench, right. including no platoon partner for Justin Bohr, uh, which means Justin Bohr is going to have to face left-handers. Uh, that's something he has not done very often in his major league career. And when he has done it, he has not been particularly successful in that. So we'll we'll see what that we'll see what happens there. Uh, I can't say that. Yeah, sure, Justin Bohr is going to suddenly be really good against lefties because nobody knows that. The Marlins have confidence that he can at least hold his own. Uh, but like you mentioned, Bohr was on a 30 homer pace when he hurt last year, uh, even in a you know platoon sort of situation. So. He's another guy that this Marlins lineup has, we're sort of getting at on the whole, has a lot of potential, and uh, Justin Bohr is a big part of that. Something I saw the other day, uh, JT Realmuto actually, I mean, had a great year last year, um, but I saw sure. something about him potentially seeing some time at first base. I don't know if that's something that would only be maybe once a week, once every two weeks. Is that something that could be a real possibility? Uh, it is a possibility. They started teaching Real Muto first base this year. He got into his first Grapefruit League game uh, at first base last week sometime. I, I don't remember when because the days all sort of blend together. <laughs> sure. But uh, it is a real thing that's happening. Uh, he's still their primary catcher, their starting catcher, out of A.J. Ellis. But they want to put first base in his toolkit just to give manager Don Mattingly another option, another little bit of flexibility in working with what will be a short bench. Uh, it'll probably not be as frequent as once a week, but we mentioned Justin Bohr against left-handers. If the Marlins are scheduled to face an especially tough one, uh, then it's easy to see Real Muto getting a start at first base and Bohr taking a seed for that game. The Marlins also like the main motivation is to keep Real Muto's bat in the lineup mm-hmm. while giving him a little bit of a rest from, from catching and calling the game. Absolutely. Uh, final player I want to ask you about, Marcelo Zuna. Sure. Uh, it was mostly a tale of two halves for him last year. 17 homers, 893 OPS during the first half, all the way down to six homers, 609 OPS after the All-Star break. How much of those struggles can we chalk up to his wrist injury? Uh, you know, it's hard to tell because that, that wrist was something that bothered him on and off for a lot of the year. He, he even missed a few games in... Uh, Late April, or late late August, early September, with it, when he he rolled over it in, at City Field one series, uh, you know it's it, it, it it's hard to tell. You know, guys aren't very forthcoming 
traditionally with injuries and uh, how it's really affecting them. But in the first half last year, monster half, started the All-Star Game in center field for the National League, and that is the Marcelo Zuna that, uh, that really they expect to see on a more regular basis. Finally, just to wrap things up here, let the people know where they can follow your work on social media and elsewhere. Oh, well, you can follow me on Twitter for sure at, at Tim B. Healy. That's T-I-M, B as in boy, and H-E-A-L-E-Y, all one word. And then at sunsentinel.com. Uh, if you just Google Sun Sentinel Marlins, we'll, we'll pop right up and check out all of our work there. Awesome. Thanks again. Great. Thank you very much, DJ. Appreciate Tim coming on the show. If you're liking what you're hearing during this series, remember to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. That would be a huge help. It'll help more people find the show. And subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. So whether it's Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Audio Boom, you know what to do. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can email us, rotoworldbaseballpod at gmail.com. Again, that's rotoworldbaseballpod at gmail.com. Any feedback, fantasy questions, bring those our way. I'm on Twitter at DJ Short. My co-host Drew Silva is on Twitter at Drew Silva, and I'll see you next time. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.